Let's turn to Ephesians, amen. <laughs> can't get away from Ephesians. But you know, it occurred to me this morning why we can't get away from Ephesians. Because Ephesians is about the church, the body of Christ. You know, the message that God's placed on our heart, if I think about it, the great message is to try and restore the body of Christ in our day and age to the place that she deserves. Amen. The title of this message very simply is Falling in Love with the Body of Christ. Falling in Love with the Body of Christ. Let's read Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to read from verse 25. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Right now, I want us to pick up something here that I think we've lost. Church, we've lost it. We must regain it. It's really very important. I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own body. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even as the Lord, the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife, See that she reverence her husband. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Help me to get it right in your precious name as we yield to your Holy Spirit. What I want to do, pick up here is something very interesting. The Holy Spirit speaking through Paul was speaking about this relationship that Jesus Christ has with his church. He gave himself for her. And the analogy that he draws is this analogy of a man and his wife. Amen. A man and his wife. And in a sense, there's a teaching going around about the bride of Christ. I don't think it's all that accurate in some respects. But do you know something? The truth of the matter is the moment you and I say yes to the Lord Jesus, when we get born again, we become part of his body. All right? We become married to him, if I can put it that way. But we have this relationship that Jesus has with his church. Paul tries to express it in the same way that a husband relates to his wife. And I want you to understand this morning that Jesus loves his body. Can you all say amen? amen? Jesus loves his body. And very subtly, I think, we have been deceived in this whole regard. I know as a young boy growing up, I was totally deceived. You see, the devil understands how powerful it is when you and I grasp the love that Jesus has for his body. Do you know, it is something that means everything to you and I. For a start, you're on my salvation. You're on my salvation is intricately related to our involvement with the body of Christ. You know that God speaks in his word through patterns. The Old Testament speaks to us if we understand the pattern. Amen. 
There are patterns in the Old Testament. And I'll give you one. We all know about this as children. We've all heard about Noah's Ark. Right? So all the animals got into the Ark and Noah and his sons and his daughters. And the question is, as the world moved from one dispensation to the next, from pre-flood days to after this, who survived? Who survived? Only the people that were in the ark. You understand? You could have been as righteous as anybody on the face of the earth, but to make it from one dispensation to the next. Do you know the world goes from age to age? You've heard that expression? Things change. We've got to understand which age we're in. We're in the age of grace, by the way. But before Noah's time, they weren't in the age of grace. I don't know what they call that age, pre-Noahic, whatever they call it. But the world moved from pre-flood to after-flood. Who made it from one dispensation to the next? Only the people who were in the ark. Amen. If you didn't get into the ark, there was no way. Amen. There was no way. And then we moved from that dispensation to the dispensation of Israel. Do you know these words of Jesus? He came back to the earth and there was this lady who had a child that was badly mauled by a demon. She was having real problems. She came to him. He turned around and he said to her, I've only come not for the Gentiles, but for the children of Israel. That's what he said. In other words, you see, in that new dispensation of the age of the nation Israel, God's always had his people on the earth. If you wanted salvation, what did you have to do? You had to join Israel. Do you know there were laws whereby as a foreigner, you could come in and be part of Israel. Amen? The only people who came through on the right side, if I can call it that, from one dispensation to the next, were those who were engrafted into Israel. God's people. Not that faith can't transcend that, but that's another story. What I'm trying to say is there's always been a vehicle on the earth which carries from one dispensation to the next. Amen. We are now in the dispensation of God's grace. Do you know what the next dispensation is? Judgment. Judgment is going to come upon the earth. All right? There is that scripture. He is Lord. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess. You see? At this stage, it's not that. It's a case of you can choose. In the age of grace, you can choose. Amen? Right now, you can choose. But there will come a time where you can't choose. All right? You do it. Willingly or unwillingly. Because he is Lord. Amen? And he comes in his glory. You see? That's the age of grace. But who is going to be able to move from the age of grace into the next age of eternal glory? Only those who are part of the ark. Only those who are part of the holy nation. In this case, only those who are part of what? He's coming for his bride. Amen? He's coming for his bride. What I'm trying to say is that the body of Christ is so important for your and my eternal salvation. Amen. You see, and this flies right in the face of everything we've been taught. The devil has worked overtime. I can't tell you how he's worked on the outside, from the inside, in every manner possible to try and get our minds off this precious bride of Christ, the body of Christ, and its value in his sight. You see, in the bride of Christ, as you and I become part of this body and we learn to love this body, let me tell you, the benefit. For one thing, 
it assures us of protection. Did you know that? We had an incident, was it last week or the week before? Janet had a prophecy, a vision. Why don't you just share that vision about the wall, be quickly. I just want to tell you the story because I want to show you how protection works through this body that God loves. Just share very quickly what, that vision that you had. Um, last week while we were in church, I had this vision of this beautiful house. And then, although this house was very beautiful, there was a massive gap where gaps of wind were coming in. caused havoc. And, and then I just sense the Lord said that the wild animals would come into this house. And the winds and the rain, etc., would come in and cause havoc in the house if those walls weren't actually sealed up again. Okay, so Janet had that vision. Sharon came afterwards and said to us, she'd had a dream. Two nights before, she'd had a dream, and she dreamt of somebody drilling holes into the bricks of the walls of their house. And that those bricks fell apart in something bad, I think, came in. I wish she was here to give us the full detail. And because of that, she said, the God is speaking, obviously. This is confirmation. And then Sharon and Ruth came, and we chatted about it. I won't go into detail. And we tried to pick up what God was saying. We were able to pray into a situation. Forewarned is for? Amen. There's protection in the body of Christ, you see. Let me tell you something else about this body of Christ. That the devil is working overtime to try and undermine and to rob us of. In the body of Christ, you and I will find our true calling in life. Did you know that? It's impossible to find your calling apart from the body of Christ. And the reasoning is very simple, actually. If you think about it, if we are set on this earth to do something for God, then what we've got to do for God will be something that God wants to do on the earth. Does that make sense? I mean, if Coca-Cola, for example, employs you, it doesn't matter what you do, but somehow you'll be involved with the sale of, you might not even drink Coke for all that matters, but you'll be involved with it, you see. Now, in the same way, if you and I want to know what our calling on this earth, the purpose God placed us here, it will somehow be related to what his purpose is on the earth. What is his great purpose on the earth? What is it that really burns in his heart? Can I tell you what it is? To reach the lost. Amen. And to reach the lost using the body of Christ, you see? So if you and I are not part of this great body, our giftings, all our abilities, they'll be just going up in smoke. Going up in smoke. You see, and this flies right against everything we've been taught as young people. We've been taught, do it on your own, you see? Be a self-made person. Go out there and make a go of it. You've got to do it all on your own. We've been taught to be independent, you see? And God comes along, no, no. My body. Look after my body. Fall in love with my body, you see? It goes right against everything that we've been taught. Everything that we've been trained to do. The body of Christ is something so beautiful. The devil has worked overtime. You know what he's done? I realize this would happen in my life. The devil came along and instead of presenting me with this beautiful creation of God, the body of Christ, he presented me with an ugly hag. I took one look at this ugly hag, and like most people said, I don't anything to do with it. You know what I'm talking about when I say the ugly hag? Religious systems. My one friend said to me, they used to have chapel every single day at his school. We did as well. But he said they always have a guest speaker. So one day they got this Orthodox priest to come along, came with his brown robe, his big cross, and his sandals. And you know, the one thing he remembers of this, whatever he said, the one thing he remembered, dirty toenails. 
It is. Now here we have young people presented with this image of this is Christianity. This is the church. Would anybody in their right mind willingly jump up power to be part of that? You understand? The devil has worked over time in giving us an impression, the form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Amen? I went to chapel every single day, went through this whole ritual. And very subtly, you know, the devil created an impression of what was God. And I took one look at that and something inside me says, I don't want anything to do with it. Amen? You see, God wanted me to fall in love with this beautiful creation. And what the devil was presenting with me was this ugly hag, if I can put it that way. Then one day I bumped into God and the one revelation that I really had above all, apart from the fact that he's wonderful, is that I realized, you know what? That everything that I understood about religion had nothing to do, nothing to do with the living God. Amen? With the living God. You see? So now, what I want to do is try and rectify this thinking in our heads and our minds. It's very important, brothers and sisters, to get an understanding of what the body of Christ is. Let me just say the body of Christ is not an organization. Amen? It's not an organization. One of the biggest tragedies on this earth is man trying to do God's work man's way. Amen? And you know something? Subtly it's infused everything. The enemy tries from the outside and from the inside. All right? You see, if you and I have an understanding of what the body of Christ is, we want to be part of it. I say this to so many people, speaking to people that are atheists or unbelievers, whatever. And my thinking is, listen, I cannot change your mind. Amen? It's not my job to tell anybody what to think. Can you all say amen to that? Especially with the youth. It's not our job to sort of force them to become a Christian. We say that every single day. We don't force you. But do you know what our job is? Do you know what our job is? Our job is to present him as he really is. Amen? I don't mind if people say no, but before you say no, find out what you're saying no to. Amen? You see? And if you and I, can I just tell you something? If we can grab hold of this, if we can understand what the church of God, the body of Christ, really is about, Forget about our old ways of thinking. Forget about everything that we've drummed into us from the past. If we can grasp it, fall into it, and start to be part of this living body. Can I tell you something? It becomes something so beautiful, so wonderful, so magnificent. There's not anybody that will come and see this and say, I don't want part of that. Mm-hmm. Amen? Do you know how it works? It's all got to do with people. Did you know that God's body is made up of? People, people, people. God's always wanted a people. He has never wanted an organization. He has got a way that these people work together. If you look at it in the Bible, and it's very beautiful, really. It's very beautiful. Because inside the Bible, you'll see that it's the body of Christ has got a structure. But it's not a structure that is based on the world system whereby you start at the bottom and you now have got to prove yourself to work yourself to the top. Do you know how God's system works? The moment you come into it, you're at the top. You're at the top. The most important people in the church are the newly born again Christians. Did you know that? All our resources need to go into helping them get established. Amen? You see that? You start at the top in this business. And as you become part of this organization, you start to learn, listen, being at the top is not what it's all about. Amen? And so we actually work our way down. 
we work our way down, you see. And instead of having a whole lot of people trying to be better than the other one, amen, trying to stamp on the other one so we can get up. We see this all the time in the church. It's horrific. Paul has walked quite a long road. How many years have we been a Christian for? We got saved in the same year. Did you know we got saved in the same year? Isn't that amazing? But we've seen stuff. And others have seen stuff. I mean, we've been involved with church. We've been involved with church at every level. We've seen how this beautiful body has been abused. Amen? By people who just want to get something out of it. Let me tell you something now. If I've got a husband and wife here, you see? This is the trick of the devil. I've got a husband and wife. I go to the husband and say, Oh, you mighty. Oh, I worship you. You're so wonderful. And I say to the wife, Woman, get the tea. Oh, you're so wonderful. Woman, what are you doing here? Get out of here. Oh, you're so wonderful. What can you do for me? You're not working harder for me. Bless me. Oh, God. See, we laugh at that. That's ridiculous. You know exactly what's happening in the church. Oh, God. Oh, God, we worship you. This church just doesn't look after me properly. What are they doing for me, these people? Can I tell you something? The Bible warns against that. It says it's all very well saying that you love the one you cannot see. Amen? And you know, it's, it's quite easy to love God in a way. Because you see, He's perfect and He's up there. Are you all hearing me? But you see, He says, love me and love one. That's where the rubber hits the road. Amen? That's where the rubber hits the road. You see, He's saying, love me and love my wife. Let me tell you something. How you treat Janet is how you treat me. Amen? The way you and I treat the body of Christ is really the approach we have to the living God, irrespective of what we say. And let me tell you something. We need to learn a lot about how to treat the body of Christ correctly. I've seen so much abuse. So much abuse. People have no respect for covenant. You know, the moment you and I get born again, we have a covenant with God. Immediately, we also have a covenant with one another. one another. With one another. Do you know what a covenant is? It's something you buy into by choice. Amen? It's a profound thing. But let me tell you something. If you think nothing of the covenant you have with other people, what does it say about the covenant that you have with God? I was speaking to a pastor the other day, and he said we had people in our church who came and said, we are going to move to another church the other side of town. He said, why? Well, you see, that's a bigger church, and because it's bigger, I'll have more influence with my business. And thought that there was nothing wrong with that. That's right, networking. He could network better. In other words, this family that I've got here, the covenant that I have with these people, means absolutely Nothing compared with what I can do. And you see, that same person, let me tell you, that same person will go about their life, will go about their life, maybe their business will grow, but they're doing it all with their own strength and their own mind. And when the rubber hits the road and something happens, now who do I phone to help me? Amen? Oh, sorry, you know, I thought you were networking with that other crowd. But you see, we're talking about real stuff, brothers and sisters. And God looks at that and he says, the way you treat my body is the way you actually treat me. Amen? We've got to learn to fall in love with the body of Christ. And it's not easy, you see? 
It's very easy to have a long-distance relationship. You think about this wonderful person, and because they're about a thousand miles away, you don't think of their blemishes. You think of oh, how wonderful they are, blah de blah de blah. You see, absence makes the heart grow. Mm. In a way, it's true. All right. You see, and we can have this wonderful vision of God. Oh, God loves me. All right, and He's beautiful, and He's and He is. He's wonderful. He's glorious. All these wonderful things. But you know what? He's on this earth, and the form He takes on this earth. Flesh and blood, born again Christians. You see, and you have this long distance relationship, and then you get married. Now this relationship's got to translate into day in, day out fellowship, right? Where the differences of opinion come out. You see, how long have you to be married for? We celebrated what fifty-two years. If I had to ask you, was it easy? There are ups and downs. You see. It gets lessened. But let me tell you something. It's all very well to have a love relationship with a pop star or an actor. Ooh, I'm in love. Leonardo. She's in love with Leonardo DiCaprio. So that's fine because he's not here. That sort of love is easy. Why? There's no obligation. It's not real. Amen? It's not real. Did you know something? Our relationship with the living God can be unreal. Be unreal. I remember so clearly we had a young lady with the church we tried to start. It was a bit of a disaster, but we tried to start it anyway. The plane took off and then it crashed. But anyway, we took off for a bit. We were inexperienced. But anyway, we had a young lady with us. In her mind, you see, she had this wonderful vision of being the female counterpart of Benny Hinn. She saw herself in her mind's eye, standing on the podium with thousands of people worshipping God, coming to her for the magic touch of healing. And that's quite a good thing to have in your mind, you know, if you want to heal people, please don't get me wrong. But you know what? She was so busy seeing this wonderful vision of herself healing the whole multitude. When we are like maybe, you know, unpack the chairs or something practical, not interested. And I ask you a question, is that falling in love with the body of Christ? You see, when you're in love with somebody, you will do anything. Am I right? When you really love somebody, you will gladly do anything that will make them a bit happier. You see, brothers and sisters, we need to have a return to this first love for the body of Christ. When we have it in our mind, whatever we can do for the people of God, it's for Him. Amen. It's for Him. It's just as if He were here. It's just as if He were here. So to cut a long story short, let me finish the story. This lady, she had this wonderful view. The last thing we knew, she married a plot Afrikaner next door and now is cooking, you know, Burevos on the bra. And that's the rest. That's um, something like that. She's and quite happy, no. by the way. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I want to rapture your heart. You and I get our real identity. We started the youth group. Some of you kids are from that. You know what the unofficial name of the youth group is? MRRI. Do you know what MRRI stands for? More Rat Rescue Initiative. <laughs> Amen. Why did we start? Did you know, it breaks my heart. You go to the mall and you see these young people. I'll never forget. I was going to pick up Sarah from the mall and this glamorous lady says, Oh, Mr. Barlin, I almost fell over. Didn't realize it was one of the grade nine sat in front of my class during the week. That she's at the mall, all dressed up to the nine. I've heard stories, listen to this, this will shock you. I've heard stories of a father who took his 16-year-old daughter 
to a mall somewhere in Johannesburg, dropped off with two men that were older than her and already drinking by the car and left her to be entertained. That man's dumb in his head. But what I'm saying is, if that's the limit of our mentality for life, So now I've got to improve my heart. I've got to pump my heart, so to speak. You see, we're getting our acceptance from everybody else who's trying to get acceptance from us, and it's all like a downward spiral. Let me tell you where we need to get our acceptance from, the body of Christ. Brothers and sisters, we need to see the glory of God in people. And we've lost it. We've lost it. I'm longing for the day when the young people say, wow, one day I'm going to operate as a prophet. You know why? I was so excited about being a prophet. There I was in a little village, in this village in Zimbabwe. All the mighty ministries used to come through, and they used to spend time there to move on to the great centers. So we had first-hand vision, and I saw this one man of God coming there, operating in the office of prophet. In all its glory, I can tell you something, it enraptured, enraptured my heart. Amen? It enraptured my heart. I thought, these pop idols don't know what they're talking about. They've got nothing, nothing. Then you see a man that operates in the ministry of a pastor. There's nothing more beautiful. Let me tell you that. Bump into a, a real pastoral anointing. We just feel the love of God. To find. We want our young people to be exposed to that. So they say, Dad, I want to be a pastor. You see, what was my problem growing up? What was the pastor? You know, this turkey buzzard that sat every day. There was this collar angling him to death. Had nothing encouraging to say. Dorial Fossil just chose to go into the ministry because he had nothing else to do. But my God, could he lose his temper? What? This is now the ministry. And I'm looking at this. Do I want to be part of the ministry? No! You see, that's the false smoke in our eyes. That's the devil throwing the dust, showing us the old hags. Not the beautiful glory of the resurrected Christ in people's lives. Let me tell you, you come across a teaching ministry. There was an old gentleman, one of the first people that I had as a pastor. I've never met anything like it. Pastor Jackson, don't just remember him. But he has a man that spent his life in the Word of God. Spent his life so humble. So humble. And when you came to him and you spoke to him, he would just speak. And there was no sort of thunder and lightning with his words. You didn't have to impress him. But let me tell you something. Those words would sit in your heart. Even to this day. That wisdom comes back to me. I'd experienced a teaching ministry. Do you know how beautiful that is? Do you know how beautiful that is? And then you... ...would be enraptured with this beautiful ministry of evangelism, fully fledged. I remember when Reinhard Bonker came to our village, and there I was, cynical little Christian sitting in my seat, and this man came in. And I saw him for the first time. I'd heard so much about him. And I just took one look at him. You know what? To this day, I can remember. There was like a glow of God's presence when he came onto the stage. The glow, it was a tent. It was an organ. It was a whole lot of people there, full of black Africa, if I can call it that. We're all in the huddle. But in all of this, in comes this man. And I just thought, there comes Jesus. Amen. Mm -hmm. Trying to encourage you. You see the beauty of the body of Christ. What do we want for our young people? We want them to gain their acceptance from where? The body of Christ. This beautiful, beautiful bride, you see, whom God loves so much. He loves so very, very much. 
brothers and sisters, we need to come back to that first love for God and for his people. Not the false one. Not the false imitation. You know that saying they say, beware of imitations? In this business, you and I have to beware of imitations. Did you know that there's two systems going? There's God's system, and if you cut through all the garbage, the other side is the snake system. The Bible in the book of Revelation speaks of Mystery Babylon. Do you know what Mystery Babylon is? His priesthood on the earth. Amen? God is establishing his priesthood, which is you and I, the body of Christ. The moment you get saved, you become a priest for the Most High God. Did you know that? God has to have a man on the earth, and Satan knows that, and he's busy trying to get people to become his priest without even realizing it. Last night I spoke to my sister on the phone, and there's something that really broke my heart. She said, I'm now doing healing training. But oh no, here we go. Healing training. She's not in the medical profession at all. She's been involved in some sort of funny business. I don't know what it is. But she said, I'm doing healing. And then she went to explain about these energies, you see, that she's involved with. This is a person that, when I was a child, in the Mystery Babylon Reform sort of theological setup, she got confirmed with me. Did you know that we got confirmed? Meant absolutely nothing. No concept of God whatsoever. God through her life, and now this thing comes its way. Guess who's behind it all? She says, I'm going to do the first six people for free, and after that I can charge. <laughs> hmm? New age. Let me tell you, all of those things have nothing to do with them. But you might say, oh, but it's good. You know, people get healed. Yes, they might get healed for a while. Did you know that? But the Bible warns against it. Because you see, if sickness comes from the devil and he wants to, does it make sense for him just to take it off you for a little bit? You see? Inevitably, people go into that symptoms, leave them for a while. But you know what comes back? It comes back with interest. She doesn't know. You know what's happened to my sister? She's been recruited by Mystery Babylon to become a priestess. Without even knowing it, you see? It's happening all the time. And our job as the body of Christ is stand up and warn people about that. You see? But let's not be deceived by the old hag, if I can call it that. Let's seek first the kingdom of heaven and understand that God has a beautiful bride. We need to love that bride. Amen? We need to love that bride. From that bride comes healing. Did you know that? From that bride comes deliverance. From that bride comes life. From that bride comes our rewards in heaven. Amen? From that bride comes our protection. Everything that we have, you see, no wonder, no wonder the devil very surreptitiously tries to get us out, you see. Get us out. Get us out. Janet and I learned this. I'll tell you what, we will never, ever go churchless. Amen? Never, ever. We tried for a bit. Didn't work. Amen? Something inside us said you have to be with the people of God. Amen? You have to be together with the people of God. Can you all say amen? amen. Thank you. Lord.